Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of The Wellbeing Wire. Today I've got the pleasure of being joined by Serena Mann, a meditation teacher, and we're gonna, we're gonna just have a brief chat to answer the question, what is meditation? Because as I, uh, as a wellness educator, I always speak to people about these sort of things, and it's something that confuses a lot of people. What is meditation? So Serena, on this question, just tell my audience quickly why they should listen to you on this subject. Okay, thanks very much, Jonathan. So I'm, I'm a presentation skills trainer, but I've used meditation a lot in my life to overcome anxiety, to feel calm, to feel happy. So meditation, I feel, is one of the most important things that we can do. And I don't think it's a luxury. I actually think it's one of life's essential skills that we all need because it really helps to feel calm, to feel relaxed, and overall to be, feel happier in your life. And I've got over 20 years experience of doing meditation, practicing it myself, and also teaching some meditation for a charity as well. Okay, so listeners, we're in good hands. <laughs> Serena knows what she's talking about when it comes to meditation, which is a good job because I don't. Right, okay, so let's start with the definition then, Serena. Now, this is a definition I pulled from the uh, internet from Oxford Languages. Meditation is, focus it, well, focuses one's mind for a period of time in silence or with the aid of chanting for religious or spiritual purposes or as a method of relaxation. What would you say to that definition? Okay, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, so I work with a very particular, a specific definition of, of meditation as a Buddhist, for instance. So everyone else will have different different definitions. So my own definition would be, or the one that I've learned rather, is all about acquainting your mind with virtue, a virtuous object. So acquainting your mind with a virtuous object and focusing on that object single-pointedly. When I say object, that doesn't mean a physical thing. It means a mind. So that could be a mind of compassion, for instance, when you hold that mind of compassion with single pointed concentration, that's you meditating. Right. Okay. There's some, so some words to pull out there. So we've got virtue, we've got compassion. Let's break those down. So let's jump into virtue. What do you mean when you say virtue? Okay. So virtue, that can be a word that people freak out about. <laughs> you know, what virtuous, uh, no one wants to be uh, virtuous basically. But what that actually means from a Buddhist perspective is what is conducive to happiness. Okay, so there's no judgment, actually. There is no judgment in that. It's about um, what minds are conducive to happiness and which minds are conducive to unhappiness. So minds that are conducive to happiness are minds such as love and patience and compassion. And that makes us feel happy. And of course, it helps, therefore, to make our relations with others harmonious and life overall becomes much easier. The opposite is true as well. When we have um, non-virtuous minds, we'd have, let's say, anger, irritation, jealousy within the mind, then that leads to us being unhappy and, of course, conflict with other people. Okay, okay, that's interesting. And, and what about the word focus then? See, this it, we live in a time where our attention is being conditioned to be very short-lived here. Bite size, I, I, I'm not on TikTok, but I know TikTok is very short things, isn't it? It's lots of bite size things. Twitter, I think, I don't know if it's still the case, but you're previously limited to 140 characters. Everything is bite size. The society is training our mind not to be able to focus for extended periods of time. So talk, tell me about focus within meditation. So these days it's really, really tough. And that's the truth. Even um, being a meditator myself, meditating over 20 years, I've noticed that it's harder to concentrate now with social media, for instance, you know, I use that for my business um, and, and that's hard, it's harder to focus. So it's about um, recognizing the challenges that we currently face and kind of being more determined. I guess it's a little bit like 
uh, if you're really trying to look after your health, you're just aware there's a lot of sugar out there. <laughs> there's a lot of junk food. It's really, it's so easy to pick up a chocolate bar rather than a healthy snack, these kinds of things. So you're aware of it, which gives you a stronger determination to, to think to yourself, okay, well, I need to change my habits. I need to take responsibility for myself so that I actually uh, lead the life that I want to live. So with concentration and focus, this is exactly it. You're understanding there's a lot of distraction. So what steps do you take? doesn't mean that we need to come off social media. Of course not. That Social media is now such a huge part of our lives and, and business, but it's about how we interact with those platforms. So are we going to be you know, scrolling for hours on end until late, these kinds of things? Well, that's not great for your focus and for your overall mental health. Um, so that it, it's just about managing your time better. And that if you can um, follow your distractions less during the day, then you'll be able to focus and concentrate better when you're in meditation. But if you spend the whole day being distracted and just really going for it with social media the whole time, just allowing your concentration, if you're working and you're allowing your concentration to move from one thing to another all the time, being completely distracted, then that's going to be hard to actually develop your concentration. So in meditation, that's where basically... Um, having a mental workout where developing the muscle of concentration so that we can focus um, eventually single pointedly on an object but it's a training where we train in concentration yeah okay um that's something i mean i I've, i'm 44 years old now and i i think i started trying trying meditation when i was about in my mid-20s and failed catastrophically or at least i, I thought i did at the time but as I've got older, I've, um, you know, sort of honed that skill and it's something I do each day. And I have to say my, my ability to concentrate is, is, is unbelievable. I can hold my focus. Whereas before it would have been maybe two or three seconds on something. Now I could hold my focus on something for an hour very easily. And it's not that I'm anything special. I've just developed it. Like you say, through these workouts, a muscle gets stronger the more you work it or the more uh, uh, pressure you apply to it. The same with the mind, I guess, by training our mind to focus and focus, we get better at it. So obviously it could be, this could be beneficial to a lot of people who, who maybe young people, people whose minds are all over the place, people who just are so busy, maybe this could be something that's beneficial to them. What, what would you say then to uh, all the, there's so many different types of meditation out there. And someone who wants to get started, what, what would you advise them? What would you say? If someone says, oh, I want to start meditating, Serena, what, what should I do next? Sure. I mean, the way I started learning is I went along to the Kadampa Meditation Center and I went to a class. I think these days, of course, there's lots of different ways you can learn. You can learn on an app and there's nothing wrong with learning on an app, but it's also there's something to be said to going to a class, learning with other people. Because the strange thing is, is, you know, when you, let's say you, I don't know, go to a yoga class, you can see what everyone else in the room is doing. You can see what you're doing and how you compare it to others. When you're meditating, it's just you in your head. So there's no comparison. You can't, you don't know, am I getting this meditation right? And that's actually quite a healthy thing just to be able to discuss with other people. So I think it's a great idea to actually go along to a meditation class, speak to others, get your questions answered, these kinds of things are really healthy. And if you're like, I'm not sure, I think some, you can have an experience, for example, of feeling even more tense after a breathing meditation. And that's because you can focus too much, you know, like I've got to do this meditation and it's got to be done in five minutes. Then you're actually raising your stress levels a lot, but you think you're meditating, but you're actually causing yourself a lot of stress. So then it's about, ah, before I meditate, I just need to make sure I'm really feeling relaxed just relax the body the mind feel relaxed but alert right so not relaxed, so relaxed that you're going to sleep not so alert that you're hyper alert relaxed and alert and then you meditate 
So these kinds of things, if you're if you're meditating just on your own, it might be a bit confusing. But if you're going to a class, you're speaking to others, you can ask the teacher something, then that's a great way to develop a meditation practice. Then you can do it on your own because that's the idea that you can practice meditation on your own and 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 know what to do. Then if you have the occasional question, you can ask. But it's about you actually learning to meditate any time. Okay, I like that. So in the same way that somebody who wants to learn to uh, strength train or something like that would go to a personal trainer, go through a program with a trainer, have a program written, once they become competent, then they can go and do it themselves. So they've got the sure. trainer there, can ask the question. So same thing. Okay, so if we just rewind, but you talked about a moment ago, putting your brain into a certain state. And we know that when we meditate, the mind goes into different states. You know, we've got these, we've got beta waves, we've got uh, alpha, theta, delta, you know, they, they get more, as we get more and more relaxed, you have different benefits. What, 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 what's you, what are your thoughts on those moving to those different brain states and the, ha- and the benefits they might bring for meditators? Yeah, for sure. So I think there's huge benefit to be found because what, what we, um, and what my own experience of meditation has been is that the more you, you meditate, then you're calming your, your brain down and all the, the thoughts that are going on. And so from, from a Buddhist perspective, then the, the mind is located uh, here at the, the heart, the, the, not your physical beating heart, but sort of in the center of your chest. That's where, when you think about it, that's where we, we feel emotions when we feel anger that happens at the heart. It doesn't actually happen in the physical brain. Um, when we feel joy, it's again, it's not something we think, oh, I'm feeling a lot of joy in my brain. <laughs> we never think that it's all in the heart because this is actually where our, our mind is located. So when we meditate, we're bringing our awareness into our mind at our heart. And this is the area that we're feeling our sense of peace and stillness. And then the effect on the brain is that it's not going to be thinking, you know, so quickly, so rapidly. For instance, if we're feeling anxious, we've got within our mind, there's anxiety, and then it's fueling lots of um, thoughts within the brain, overthinking, all kinds of hyperactivity. But when we actually get to the root of that, which is the mind, then that naturally subsides. What people can often do is they just work at the level of the brain only. So they think, for instance, I'm feeling um, really anxious, I've got all these anxious thoughts. I know, I'll slap on some positive thinking. You know, everything's gonna be fine. But again, it's just another thought to add in to your busy mind, a busy head. What it is, it's about changing your state, which is relaxing the system first, doing a breathing meditation so that you actually change your state. You're not just working on the level of of thoughts because that's really not going to do that much. It really is about working on a deeper level. And I feel that that's what meditation does, work on that deeper level so that you do change um, the way your whole body is functioning actually, and in particular, your brain. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So we're, yeah, it's getting away and this might appeal to the people who are listening who are overthinkers. And I, I know I 100% used to be one of those people very reactive Advice, yeah. as well, I used to fly off the handle very easily. And yeah, this idea that you're, you're moving away from that typical everyday, which I guess would be called, cool, I think would be the beta mind state, where is your busy mind, that's all the thinking overthinking going on. Whereas when we go down into these different states, with I guess the, the the delta being at the bottom is where you're technically asleep, but it's the ones in between, isn't it? I guess we're putting our mind in a more different state. So maybe for some people, the idea that oh, my mind's so busy, I can't stop thinking. If they're a meditate, if they start to meditate, they actually get to spend some time out of that state in a more productive state. So that could be useful. So hopefully any overthinkers who are listening to this, um, take note of what Serena's saying, because this could really, really help you. How Absolutely. About, how about this idea then of, now, there's so much research on meditation, 
But it's a bit like the question of stress. That's my favorite subject in the world because I think there's a lot of nonsense around the stress subject. But there's, there's a lot of research on meditation, but not on the same form. There's so many different types. There's mindfulness meditation, there's transcendental meditation. There's so many different types. What would you say to someone who's thinking, this is like work, walking into TK Maxx. I wanted a pair of uh, Bermuda shorts and uh, <laughs> everything's everywhere. Where do I start? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's finding what works for you because it's not going to be just like with anything you want to find yourself a great coach or a therapist or something i don't know you're buying something in a shop you want to look around first and nothing wrong with that it's just finding something that works for you and we will all be different so over 20 years ago i found the kadampa meditation centers and i've been going ever since because that really worked for me the meditations all of the practices and so on so that's what worked for me and it's it's finding um what what, what you like and I think there's there's nothing wrong with just looking around, trying different different types of meditations, and some will appeal to you and some won't, and that will be based on your experiences, your personality, all kinds of things. And from what I've learned over the past, we are all just so different, especially when it comes to meditation, which is quite a personal thing. It's you know how how do you want to meditate, and all the other things attached to that. For instance, I I love being part of community of people who meditate, and that's important to me. So that's something that really helps me in my meditation practice, you know, because I'm part of a community of people who meditate and they're like, hey, how's the meditation going, you know, mm. and then you can have a, a discussion. And that's that's I feel important. Yeah. If you're someone who maybe doesn't like that so much, then maybe that's not such a great thing. But I think it's always good to have that support. Um, yeah. But I think it is just trying different types of meditation. There's no right way or wrong way. It's, you know, really what works for you and being open about it. Have an open mind, an open approach and see uh, what works for you best. Yeah, okay, I like that because let's say, for example, if there was just, um, I did years ago, I went on a Vipassana meditation retreat, it's nine days or 10 days where you don't speak. And somebody talks a lot and talks for a living, that's quite <laughs> difficult, but it was a really interesting experience. It probably wouldn't, and I think the idea after that was every day you do an hour, I think it was an hour in the morning, hour in the evening, which is a lot out of my time. So that just yeah. wouldn't fit in with my lifestyle. So, but I know I can do my own different type of meditation, 10 minutes in the morning, and it works perfectly for me. And I can do it throughout the day if I ever have a little gaps. So this, going back to what you're saying to me about finding what works for you, whether it's transcendental meditation, which is using a mantra, whether it's walking meditation, yoga is a form of meditation, finding the one that fits in with your lifestyle is important. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that, that you know, when I'm teaching meditation, for instance, I say, you know, this isn't something that you need to, to put, you know, two hours aside in your day for because we just, people in these days, in our modern age, we just don't have time. And this can be a big obstacle. People are like, oh, I don't have the time to meditate. But we can if we just um, do meditations that are effective for us, you know? So I don't recommend meditating for more than sort of 10 or 20 minutes in one session, anything more than that. And that, that we're not really using that time very effectively because our concentration generally, we're not at such a level that we can just focus so intensely on the meditation object yeah. that's better to do sort of five, 10, 15 or 20 minutes of meditation in your day. The other thing about meditation is that it's not just something you do seated. You can apply it to your everyday life because meditation, the definition, going back to the definition of meditation, it's acquainting your mind with a virtuous object. Let's say it's compassion. So when you arise from your meditation, you do some breathing meditation to calm your mind down. That's a, the function of breathing meditation is to relax. Then we have what was called contemplation based meditation, where you contemplate um, certain thoughts to lead you to your meditation object like compassion. And when you arise from meditation, 
through the power of mindfulness, you remember the object of meditation. So again, everyone has a different med- uh, definition of mindfulness from the perspective of when, let's say, Buddha first taught these teachings. Mindfulness means to remember the object of your meditation. Okay, so it's quite different from what we understand it to be. So that functions to, um, in our everyday life, so we're at work, we're doing kind of whatever we're doing, part of our mind is remembering ah, compassion, right? So that is through the practice of our mindfulness. So then let's say we work eight hours a day, then we can say we, we, we had the potentially we could have been meditating for that eight hours. It doesn't mean that we're not focused on our work, but it means part of our mind was remembering compassion. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah, so it's different, I guess different people can have different approaches. And I think that that might be com- comforting for a lot of people who think, I can't do the following an app or something like that. So I'm not going to bother. But there are so many different things that we can bring our attention to. And this idea that two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes is fine. It's a bit like exercise. You don't have to go and run a marathon or do a 10k or a 5k. You get the benefits from actually interval training, which is shorter. It's more beneficial if that's what you want to do. That's very true. So what about, there's a whole host of benefits, pain, there's pain relief, there's uh, concentration, uh, there's improvements in cardiovascular health. There's a whole host of things that people might not expect to get through from meditation. Have you come across any other benefits outside of those that people (laughs) have Yes, just so many. I mean, I think it makes us a a more confident person for sure. Uh, Reduces all of our sort of negative habits of mind, like the anger, the irritation, the stress, the overwhelm, any kind of negative or uncomfortable states of mind, meditation definitely reduces and eventually we can, you know, really um, just not experience them anymore through meditation. And it enhances those um, positive states of mind. So when we have positive states of mind, naturally we're happier. And, you know, we our life changes when we're happier. If you think of all the decisions you've made, maybe out of unhappiness, you know, and generally wrong decisions out of unhappiness. But when you're feeling happy, when you're feeling confident, when you're feeling good in yourself, good about your life, then the decisions you make are different. The types of people you hang out with are different. You just overall feel happier. And you're also more able to help others. You know, that's actually what I've learned a lot in my own path is that you're, because your life becomes more simple, because your mind is more simple in one sense, not simple as in <laughs> not very clever, as in it's not complicated. Yeah, so you're focused. Yeah, you've got more clarity, you've got more focus. So your, your, your mind and your heart is more open to others and you have more positive feelings towards others. You have more love in your heart, more compassion, more empathy. Uh, because those are the natural states of mind that you discover actually when you meditate you know when you do a breathing meditation you f- calm the mind you f- you actually find that naturally there are positive minds there it's just about um getting past the negative states of mind and and, and discovering the, those positive states of mind within you and cultivating them yeah. um and then you're actually more um you're just a great human being <laughs> because then thank you oh you didn't mean me personally <laughs> and you of course personally <laughs> Well, do you know, I think that's, that, that sounds great. So what I'm get, getting from as you're speaking this way, it's about this, this inner development. It's developing our inner world. We do focus very heavily on our outer world, having the latest haircut, the latest electric vehicle, the latest big house or whatever it is, the latest gadget. But actually, yeah. if we focus, spend our time focusing on our inner world, we're more likely to reach those states, that happier state that we we're, well, I guess that, it, that we all want, as opposed to being disappointed when the latest Range Rover didn't give us enduring uh, an enduring sense of well-being. 
Absolutely, for sure. And even just one of the practices of meditation, we have the, the mind of, you know, patient acceptance, you know, a mind that just can accept it doesn't mean that we, um, you know, if we have a headache, we don't take a painkiller, of course, we take a painkiller to, to get rid of the headache, but we can also patiently accept whatever comes our way, you know, so we, we, we and, and, and that's amazing to have that state of mind through whatever life throws at you, because we're all going to have those challenges, but it's about how we deal with them. And I think that's really the power of meditation, you know, even um, to use it in the face of difficulties and suffering that actually, although you might find a situation challenging, overall, you're going to be okay because you've got these meditations, you know, it changes the way you feel, changes the way you think about yourself and others. And of course, naturally, the way you respond to, to every type of situation in your life. Yeah, and that's a great point to end on, actually, because I think, yeah, that changing how you respond to life, rather than being a reactive person, being someone who responds to life and actually able to navigate life more comfortably as well. Well, Serena, I want to thank you for your time. I would love to have you back on it to talk. Let's explore this meditation uh, subject a bit deeper and maybe to find some different avenues and that we can explore on it. Well, just tell my listeners where they can find out more about your, your meditation work, please, and you in general. Okay. So yeah, thanks very much for having me on the show. So they can find me on, on LinkedIn. So Serena Mann, and I'm the founder of Breakthrough Public Speaking. So that's just breakthroughpublicspeaking.com. And in terms of the work I do with meditations, then I am a volunteer teacher for the Kadampa Meditation Center here in Southampton, but we have these all over the country. So where you're based in, in Northamptonshire, we've got the Thornby Kadampa Meditation Center, Thornby Hall, sorry, uh, Nagajina Kadampa Meditation Center. If you just type in Kadampa Meditation Center, you'll find a center near you. And there are lots of books and, and CDs and all kinds of things that you can learn from as well. So that's, the, that, that's not my own stuff. It's the, the charity that I volunteer for, for these Kadampa Meditation Centers, but they can just find that information online if they type in Kadampa Meditation Center. Brilliant. Thank you. You heard it, heard it here, folks. Check out the Kadampa Meditation Center. Uh, get yourself booked into a class and get started on your, your, your inner journey of discovery and to becoming an all round awesome person, as Serena said. Uh, Serena said before. <laughs> so, Serena, thanks for your time. Listeners, thank you for checking into this episode of Wellbeing Wire. I look forward to speaking to you soon. And, Serena, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me on the show, Jonathan. It's been great.